Hey everyone, it's Adam, and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Hey, Embrace, how's everybody doing today? Awesome, three of you are feeling it, so it's great. Um, hopefully, I didn't come in super hot either, so what do you, what do I expect? So, hey, thank you if you're joining us online or one of our network churches or campuses. Uh, we're excited that you're, you're with us. Uh, my name is Travis. Like I said, I'm one of the pastors here uh, at Embrace. We've been in a series called Trees, uh, which is a bit of an odd series to be doing, um, but if you've learned anything, if you've been here the last few weeks, if you've learned anything these past two weeks about trees, this is what you've learned. Adam loves trees. Like, how many times, he's such a goober, like, I love trees. And I'm like, how do people buy that from, I don't know, whatever. Uh, but he was even conceived by a tree, which we learned last week. If you weren't here... Go watch the message. I just feel like I'm the king of inappropriate, but that was a new level for this, this church uh, to be talking about. But uh, Adam's obsessed with trees, so much so that when we, we decided to do this series a while back, he, I remember we were talking about it, and he's like, if we're going to do this series, we just have to do one thing. We have to give people trees. I'm like, why? I've said that to him a lot of times over the 10 years I've worked. I'm like, why do we have to? And it didn't make any sense to me. And then it all tied into like, this tree is your faith and you're going to plant it and it's your family's faith and it's going to grow up and, and it's going to be an amazing tree representing your faith in God, which is a really cool idea, right? But I got to thinking about that. I don't know how many of you took a tree. We got rid of them all. This, this faith tree. What happens if it dies? <laughs> Anybody think about that? Any hands all across our campus think about what happens if that tree, like lightning strikes it or it gets blown over the wind? I mean, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious, like Michael Scott would say. Like, I'm a little stitious and like, I just don't know what to do with the dying tree, the faith tree. Um, no, so I, I think Adam's emotionally abusing you all. That's what I'm trying to get at with this, with this all. But no, I'm just kidding. I like trees too. I love trees as well. And I'm pretty sure if you plant your faith tree and it dies, I'm 95% sure that doesn't mean anything. Okay? So it should be good. Uh, like I said, we're in a series called Trees. And the reason why we're talking about trees, and this is really important, is throughout the story of God, when you read God's story in the Bible, it talks about trees all the time. And they're always there to represent something about us or something about God. And so today we're going to talk about a tree. It's actually a mini tree. It's a bush. And we're going to be talking about the burning bush. Quick side note, um, Kind of cool. I know I'm just going to share this all with you. I'm excited about this message about the burning bush because back in uh, college, I was actually part of a praise and worship band called, wait for it, Burning Bush. Right here, baby. The picture is super blurry because it was the 90s and we didn't have anything but like those like Kodaks cameras or whatever. That's me. I had hair. It was, it was truly an amazing experience. I mean, I was pretty talented. I sang backup vocals and I couldn't harmonize. So I just, I just sat here with a mic and I think they just turned me down as all they did. So worship leaders, if you need any help, I have some skills. I'd love to help you out. 
But these past three weeks, uh, we've been looking at three different trees. The first week uh, was the tree of knowing good and bad. And that tree, each tree represents something about God. So that represented, represented our choice between God's way and our way. Last week, we did the Psalm 1 tree, and that represented uh, God's growth in us, like us being rooted in the water and how we can grow. And today, the burning bush, it represents something as well. What the burning bush represents is God's presence. Let me say it again. The burning bush represents God's presence. God literally shows up. His full presence shows up in this bush. So I have a question for you. Before we get into the story of the the burning bush, I have a question as it relates to this idea of presence. Have you ever been present somewhere, but not present? You know what I'm saying? You're, You're present, but you're not present. A couple weeks ago, I was at home, and this happens often, so this is a story for my life. It's dinner time, it's mass chaos during dinner time, and I just kind of sit back in my chair and I roll my brain into a different dreamland. And I'm thinking about work, I'm thinking about something else while the chaos is happening around the table. And all of a sudden, something wakes me up from my sort of like uh, dreamland place, and I hear, hello, hello, hello! And it's my wife, and I'm like, what? She's like, do you hear your children? Like, your child is saying, daddy. He was. He was saying, daddy. He's like, daddy, daddy, daddy. He's like, did you hear that? I said, no. Didn't hear a word. Uh, just any wives out there, their husbands like that. Am I the only one? Okay, a couple other husbands are, are like that as well. But whole point, I, I was present, but I wasn't present, right? We actually have a word for not being present. It's called being absent. And so even though I was physically present at the dinner table, I was absent in that space. A little bit deeper question here. Have you ever felt that way about God? Have you ever felt like God is the absent-minded dad at the dinner table? As you look at your life, like the, the breath of your life, would you say that God is more present or more absent in your life? Have you felt God? Have you felt like God cares about you? Do you think you know what God wants for your life? In the breath of your life, have you felt like God is more absent or more present? If you felt like God is absent, have you ever wondered what it would be like to feel his presence? That's the question we're going to look at today. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to feel God's presence? Well, for today, we're going to look at a guy named Moses. And Moses, if you look at his life, the first part of his life, you could probably say God felt a little bit absent in his life. And then all of a sudden, something happened. God shows up in a burning bush. But I need to give you a little backstory before we get there. So in Moses' story, it starts with two people groups, the Israelites and the Egyptians. Now, the Israelites were in slavery to the Egyptians, so they had to do everything the Egyptians told them. They ruled over the Israelites. And so, but even though they were in slavery, the Israelites kept growing and growing, and their population kept increasing, increasing. And this actually scared the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh would have been the leader of the Egyptians. And and because it scared him so much, he did something terrible. He decided that all the Israelite boys, one year and under, needed to be thrown in the Nile and drowned. And it's with that edict from Pharaoh, that order from Pharaoh, that Moses is born into. 
And so Moses' mother, who was a good woman, she didn't know what to do. And so she took Moses and she put him in a basket and floated him down the river. And lucky enough, that, that basket, it floated down the river and it went to Pharaoh's daughter. And Pharaoh's daughter found Moses, had compassion on him, and decided to raise this baby as her own. So Moses is raised, not as an Israelite, but as an Egyptian. So he gets older and older and older, Moses does. And one day, he's out walking around, and he sees an Egyptian harshly treating an Israelite, beating up on an Israelite man. And Moses gets so angry that he goes over and he murders the Egyptian. Well, Pharaoh finds out about this fact that Moses has murdered the Egyptian, and he's angry. And so he decides he's going to kill Moses. But before he can do that, Moses flees. He gets out of the country, and he goes to another place. And in that place, he meets a girl, he gets married, and he just starts to tend sheep. He becomes a shepherd for the next 40 years. Now, if you didn't catch that, that's quite a way to start your life. As a baby, you're almost killed. Then your mom sends you down the Nile River in a basket. You're raised by people that aren't your parents. Then you murder someone. The Pharaoh tries to kill you. You have to flee to a different country, and then you tend sheep for the next 40 years. I don't know about you, but I don't think that's the dream Moses had for his life. It's not the dream I'd have for my life. And honestly, if I was Moses, I would probably feel that God is a little bit absent. But then, when Moses is 80 years old, I mean, this guy's starting to get old, right? He's starting to get old. He's probably thinking he's just going to, like, continue on with the last few years in his life, just kind of live them out. When he is 80 years old, after 80 years of God's absence, God shows up. Let's read this. Now Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law's And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire. It did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over there. I'll see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had come to look, God called from him within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you were standing is holy ground. Then God said to him, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. 80 years, 80 years of trials, 80 years of one hardship after the next, probably questioning God. Why are you absent, God? Maybe you felt that way before. And then in one moment, God shows up. He shows up miraculously in this bush. The bush was on fire. That wasn't the miracle. It was the fact that the bush was on fire, but it didn't burn up. I've done hundreds of campfires. The fire always wins. But not this time. The bush was on fire, but it did not consume the flame. And then from that bush, Moses hears, Moses, 
Moses. It's the voice of God calling him, inviting him into his presence. And then God says, hey, as you come forward, you can't stand here, though. Moses, I know you're a shepherd and you've gone all up and down mountains and valleys. You've gone all over this land, but this right here is holy ground. This ground is different because I'm here. I can literally change the ground when I'm present at it. 80 years, and then God shows up. 80 years of what seemed like God's absence, and now Moses is in God's presence. Has God ever showed up to you before? I know that's an extreme example, but has God ever showed his presence to you before? The God in that bush is still the same God we serve today. And he longs to reveal his presence to you. So what happened at the bush? 80 years of blah. What happened when God was actually in Moses' presence? The first thing that happened in God's presence is Moses took off his sandals. He says, do not come any closer, God said, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Now think about this. Moses was a shepherd, right? And so that means he walked everywhere through dirt and dust, up mountains, down valleys, through the mud, and there were sheep, through the manure. There was nothing about Moses that was more dirty, nasty, and torn up than his sandals. They were disgusting. And so God tells him, you need to take them off. But just think about this for a second, though. Like, why would God do this? Like, God doesn't care what we wear. God doesn't care how dirty your sandals are. Why would God ask him to take off these dirty, manure-laced sandals? It wasn't the sandals. It was what the sandals represented. The dirty, nasty, torn up, manure lace sandals of Moses represented the dirty, torn up, manure lace life of Moses. God says, if you're going to come in my presence, you got to take that off. You can't carry that around. I I want you. I know the bush looks hot. I know it looks like fire. I want you to come into my presence, but you got to take that off. You got to lay it down. This is so important. God isn't saying you have to clean up your old life before you come near him. God is saying you have to lay down your old life as you come near him. The difference, he isn't saying you have to clean up your old life before you come near him. He's saying you have to lay down your old life as you come near him. What's that mean? Like, what does that mean? Your old life is a burden. Your old life is a baggage. Your old life, you constantly put your old life between you and God's presence. And he's saying, I want you to come near, but you keep putting this junk in between us. All the past stuff that you've done, all the ugly things, all the hard things that have happened, you keep putting that stuff between me. You got to take it off. You got to lay down your sandals. 
when you come into my presence. Uh, last Sunday, we had a ton of baptisms, which was just amazing. Even our network church in Madison is doing baptisms today, and I hope those are going well for you guys. But I had a good friend that got baptized this past Sunday uh, about out in the T campus. I wanted to read to you his story because I think it pertains well to this, this thought. About six years ago, I happened to be going through the most challenging season of my life, battling alcoholism. My marriage was in shambles, and it seemed all but certain my life was heading down the road to divorce and the next bottle. One Sunday, my wife convinced me to go to church, and the song that played was Reckless Love. I heard that song many times before, but that day, it hit me differently. I was the one that God had been chasing down and fighting for until I was found. That day, I decided to quit trying to do it my way and trust that following Jesus was the answer to what I had been searching for all along. And listen to this part right here. I'm getting baptized today to wash away the ghosts of my past and reaffirm my commitment to the Lord. I'm getting baptized to wash away the ghosts of my past. I think we could have wrote that even a different way. I'm getting baptized to take off and drown the dirty, torn up sandals. My past. When you're in his presence, he will invite you to take off your sandals. The second thing that happened in God's presence is Moses learned God's name. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your father has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. God reveals his name to Moses as I am. Now here's something a little bit interesting. I don't love how the English Bibles translate uh, this. So if you go and read the Old Testament, you will see over and over God referred to as Lord L-O-R-D in all capital letters. When you see that, that is translated in the Hebrew as the name Yahweh. The reason why I don't like the way that they've done this is because Lord is a title, Yahweh is a name. Lord is a title, Yahweh is a name. I have a title, pastor. I also have a name, Travis. I would never introduce myself to you, hey, I'm pastor. Just stop there. Like, that'd be weird and awkward. And still, people call me pastor. It's weird and awkward. God doesn't reveal us to him as a title. When we are in his presence, he reveals himself to us as a name. Yahweh. What's that mean? It means he's personal. It means he wants to know you. It means he wants you to know him. It's not a title. He reveals in a name. And this is crazy. Think about this. The bush is burning. The ground is holy. Moses is covering his face. This is not some just random thing. This is God. He says, this is my name. Yahweh, this is my name. God is more than a title. God is more than an idea. God is more than an abstract force. God is more than a principle. When you're in the presence of God, God is personal. 
God has a name. Some of you have never heard that before. I know that you were raised in a church where that wasn't a thing. Like, God wants to know you personally. Have you ever heard God's name? Maybe not in an audible voice, but have you ever heard and learned something about God in his presence? Uh, a couple years ago, I was, I was driving in the car, and I usually listen to the radio or something, but I turned the radio off because I just wanted to talk with God, spend some time with him. That's a great way to try to get in God's presence. So I turn off the radio, and I'm talking to God. And one of the things that I do a lot of times when I talk with God is I start by saying the Lord's Prayer. It's a way for me to just get into things. And so I started with the first line, Our Father. And I didn't get any farther than that. Our Father. And I just sat there, and it was thick in that car. It was just like, it just hit me. God's my father. Like, Yahweh, Yahweh is my dad. And I'm not emotional. I just, I'm not emotional. I started crying. I literally started crying. It was weird to tell. I started crying. In that moment, in that burning bush moment, God revealed his name to me. I learned something about him. In his presence, we learn his name. Lastly, the last thing that happened to Moses in God's presence is Moses received a calling. This is God. The cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. Moses, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people the Israelites out of Egypt. So while he's in the presence of God, Moses hears the heart of God, and God says, I'm not okay what's happening to my people. You need to go and fix this. I have a job for you. I have a calling for you. You need to go and do this. And Moses is kind of like, doesn't know if he wants to do it. He questions God, but then he goes and does it. Don't forget, 80 years old. Moses gets a calling when he is 80 years old. And in 40 days, he changes the world. 40 days, he frees the Israelites. He listened to God, this 80-year-old man. He probably thought things were done for him. He listens to God and he changes the world in 40 days. What do we got to learn from that? It doesn't matter how dirty you are. It doesn't matter how far gone you are. It doesn't matter if you're dying. It doesn't matter how old you are. God can use you. He wants to use you. When you get in your presence, when God calls you to something, he will work through you. It might not be as great as setting these people free, but he will do something great in you and through you. When we're in the presence of God, he gives us a job to do. Two months ago, I was spending some time with God. And I was just journaling, because I do that sometimes when I try to spend time with God. I was just journaling some things. And uh, I got to this point where God just brought this idea up in my mind. I really think it was God. I've had this idea before. But I've always struggled with doubts. I think I've shared that before. I struggle with doubts, like, is God real and all that sort of stuff. And, and God said, hey, remember, you've always wanted to help people that have doubts. It's like, that's right. But I've had so many reasons to not do it. Like, it takes a lot of time. It takes studying. It takes education. I got to put stuff together. And I'm just like, God, that's a lot to do. And really, God, I believe he said this to me because I wrote it down in my journal. 
He said, if not now, when? If not now, when? It's like, ah. I mean, that's a little thing, but it felt like God was, he's like, I just got a job for you to do. I got something for you to do. I've, I've kind of made you to do this. It's not going to be perfect. It'll probably be ugly, some of it, but I got a job for you to do. When we're in his presence, we receive a calling. So bringing this all together, three things happened at the bush. God invited Moses to take off his sandals. He told Moses his name, and he gave him a calling. And what I want you to know, and I want me to know, is he wants to do that to us today. Bushes are still burning. God's presence is still possible. Bushes are still burning. God's presence is still possible. The only question is, will we open our eyes to see it? Think about Moses. What did Moses do? He saw a burning bush. He walked towards it. God called him. He saw a burning bush. He walked to it. He was attentive. He kept his eyes open. We're missing so many bushes in our lives because we're just not keeping our eyes open. Think of the bushes that we've walked by because we've been so worried about tomorrow. Think about the bushes that we've walked by because we've just had so many doubts for today. Think of the bushes that we walked by because we've been scrolling Instagram or posting on Facebook. Think about the bushes that we've missed because we only go to church once every three months or because we've cluttered our lives with so many activities. Bushes are still burning. God's presence is still possible. Will you, church, will I open my eyes to see it? Walk towards those bushes. Take off my sandals. Listen to the voice of God. Listen to his name. And then walk forward with what he's calling me to do. Let's pray. God, I pray in this place that your presence would be thick. God, we invite you to come in right now, your Holy Spirit to come in right now, be in this place. Help some people to lay off their dirty sandals. You don't want that for them. It's keeping it between you and them. Help them to lay off their dirty sandals. God, help people to hear your name for the first time. Father, Yahweh, everlasting one, friend, holy one. Jesus, help them to hear your name this morning. And I pray today that you would call people to work, to jobs, to things that they can do in this world. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I Am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.